Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Helmets. Week 14 is in the books with a lot of exciting matchups to talk about, guys. I don't know where we begin. Do we start off with Baker Mayfield? Seems like a good place to start for me. The unbelievable happened. Discarded. Let me set the stage. Discarded by two teams now. Baker Mayfield leaves and gets on a, a, a plane for the other side of the world. He's on the East Coast. He gets picked up by the Rams. A man has about two days, period. Am I right? 36 hours. 36 hours. Didn't have a single playbook memorized, not a single play. My guy couldn't even say a code word like, you know, anything. Omaha, nothing. He didn't know nothing. And they threw him in, what, second drive of the, of the game, third drive? Mm-hmm. Second drive. And my guy goes to town, throws some dimes, looks like he's been there. Unbelievable. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts, Josh? I mean, right after everyone thought McDaniel started putting something together for the Raiders team, uh, they completely did nothing in the second half of this game. And um, Baker Mayfield obviously showed that he was going to be the commander, the leader of this team <laughs> after the first drive. You said yeah. John Wolford came out, and he was clearly uh, superior to John Wolford in this game. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. But I, <laughs> but here we go. Yeah. I've never been off the Baker, Baker train. I've always loved Baker Mayfield. Right. I think he's never had a fair shot. You have. You've um, always said that. Yeah, I, I knew in the back of my mind that he was capable of this, especially with a playmaker, or a play caller like Sean McVay. I know all of their weapons are out pretty much. Right. Their running back has been historically bad. Their, their backfield, not just Cam Akers, but their whole backfield. Um, their O-line's been injured. Whitworth retired, so we already knew they weren't going to be the same team as last year. So, yeah, 17-16 is pretty good. I mean, it was amazing to watch. <laughs> well, that was. 98-yard drive yeah. to win the game, so it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it was 16-3 to at some point. Obviously, he came back with two scores. Uh, it was probably over when uh, Matt Collins hit the gritty on the punt. Probably punt of the year, though. <laughs> it you know, was the punt of the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just a great game from Baker Mayfield. Obviously, uh, players like Ben Skoranek, Van Jefferson, and uh, Tutu Atwell are stepping up in this offense, and they're seeing a lot more plays and a lot more consistency out of those guys. So this receiving core down the line beyond this season, when Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup comes back, will probably be a pretty deep team on the side of the offense yeah and Caleb what's the intuition here I've heard rumors that Matthew Stafford's injury may be more substantial than they thought thus the I you know being put on injured reserve um what's the real story here some people have said hey he picked him up because Shanahan might have picked him up and those guys you know how they're good friends and they play off each other and try to pick off each other's picks and stuff someone that McVeigh himself during the game said hey he's a guy who was on my radar we'd love to draft him he's got a lot of upside i love the way he plays ball blah 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 what's the real story why in on in the world is baker mayfield a ram well you have to think about it this way they traded for matt stafford they traded two first for him the lions have the rams first for this year this draft coming up 2023 so they would not put him on ir if they if it wasn't serious right it wouldn't so i think it's a neck injury they originally thought it was concussion he got re-injured it is his neck um they haven't really said anything about it. Seems to be serious. Obviously, he's out for the whole year. There's no point in quote unquote tanking if they yeah, don't even have yeah. their first round pick. You don't want to give a team a free up right. high pick. So right. it must be serious. But Baker Mayfield, um, Sean McVay said that he's obviously scouted him for that draft. He was first overall in. Obviously, couldn't get him because he was first overall. But he sat next to him on the way back from Indianapolis at the combine. Right. Two back to L.A. where Baker was living, and obviously McVay lives in L.A. as well. So they, <laughs> they sat next to each other in first class, so that was pretty providential, I guess, if you want yeah. to say it that way. But yeah. uh, interesting to keep your eye on that. Matt Stafford's neck injury could be serious. I mean, serious enough to miss the rest of the year. Is he insurance policy, Josh? What is he? 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, he was the best available quarterback in free agency all of a sudden. He just obviously got released from the Panthers, and he asked to be released because of the direction of the team, what was going. Um, they wanted him to be a starter, but they saw that there's likely not going to be a situation with how their draft picks ended up going, so they let him go. And uh, they didn't have to pay the Browns more for him playing, so that's why they kept consistently sitting him. But uh, the Rams got the best available quarterback in <coughs> free agency. Uh, the only other guys really were like Cam Newton and guys that haven't played. Right. And, uh, I mean, Josh Johnson, who got picked off a of practice squad, he's considered a highly regarded backup. He got picked up to the Niners as the other move for what the Niners could have had. So I think it's it's a little bit of defense, but it's also getting the best player there. So I think with how high their waiver priority was, I think it was third, they were a very high uh, chance to get him. So they uh, took the shot there. Why does it keep coming up that Colin Kaepernick is available? Haven't we moved past the fact that he stunk it up as a excuse me as a starter and then was let go and has had a chance to sign with literally every team uh but every year well colin kaepernick's available is he yeah i mean i don't know yeah i think he worked out with the seahawks last year pete carroll gave him a chance but he didn't make it and i think it was an actual workout i think he worked out at michigan to showcase his skills and i mean he still obviously has some talent he's still was more of a priority uh, running quarterback. We saw, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he had a 150-yard rushing game in that playoff stretch. So he was doing well during then. But, I mean, in terms of passing, I think the guy, the type of player that he is, the type of running player that he is, you really don't expect a lot through the air. And at his current age, you probably won't expect a ton <laughs> on the ground either. I mean, is he older than Cam Newton? I don't know. But people don't want Cam Newton in his current state. So I don't know if they would want Kaepernick as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's jump into some scores. As we said, uh, 98-yard winning drive at Baker Mayfield. The Rams went at home 17-16. No surprise, the Bills hold off uh, the Jets in the snow 20-16. Mike White was murdered a couple times in that game, came back to life. Uh, apparently, they put Flacco in for a, a situation. Yeah. I think he came in twice. They pulled him right. So they have no faith in Flacco, apparently, at uh, all. I mean, they have faith in him over Zach Wilson, but Mike White... <laughs> Uh, he's clearly the starter for this game. He said, you'd have to kill me to take me off this football field. <laughs> he proved it. And uh, essentially was getting killed by Matt Milano several times. Uh, he took a beating in this game, and obviously uh, with the clo- or the score only be a four-point game, it was relatively close. The Bills have been playing down for two months, it feels like. I mean, they played up against the Vikings, but obviously they choked in that game. And uh, But it's just been close games every single week between the Bills, the Jets, or sorry, the Lions, the Jets, last couple of games. It's been a bad go for them to be considered a top offense in the league currently. Yeah, it's been very quiet from the media about the Bills. No one's really talking about Josh Allen. Mike White, I would argue, I would probably put my life on it. Um, they would probably win this game if Mike White wasn't in and out. Right. You can't get any rhythm when you're switching out quarterbacks or receivers. Can't get in the rhythm. The run game was still good with Zonovan Knight. I believe he had 16 fantasy points, which is like 70 yards and a touchdown. So right. he's been their guy. They're not a bad team, obviously. I think they could squeak into the playoffs still. This game was, as a Bills fan, you should be a little nervous because this is not good, especially the past three or four weeks that we've seen out of the Bills. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, everyone predicted that the Bills would win. 2016, like you said, they play down. Bills. I mean, they're 10-3, and three, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So their record looks very good. They're going to be in the playoffs. They could vouch for that bye week and home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Everything goes through Buffalo. If that's the case, I'd be more confident. But we talked about it last week. Their schedule gets pretty difficult. Yeah, and another thing with this division is now that the Patriots won and the Jets lost against the Bills, they're now above the Jets because they've beaten the Jets twice. Right. Yeah, definitely wide open. Um, A couple other games. Again, I I don't think Watson has enough uh, in him to make this team suddenly a perennial playoff team. They lose to the Bengals 23-10. Bengals are getting overhyped again. 
immediately shot up everyone's uh, you know power rankings because they beat the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I think they've just been consistent in the last few months. Uh, they've won a ton ever since the other Browns game. They lost this is the first time Joe Burrow's beaten them in his career, but they have a con- have a continual winning stretch here. And um, I think Deshaun Watson's playing relatively good. He's playing, I think, good for a rusty player. He looks yeah. like he knows what mm-hmm. he's doing, but he's just not. The throws aren't all there quite yet, and we all that was kind of expected. And on a team that's already had a losing season so far, so um, at the Bengals they lost their top options as well, aside from Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, all the receiving weapons that aren't named. Jamar Chase are now injured. Uh, conveniently, after Jamar Chase just came back, <laughs> Comes back from injury, that's how it works sometimes. Yeah, I think they're they're steady rolling. We'll see if they can compete with a team like the Chiefs going forward. Uh, three surprise games I want to touch on. Uh, Texans go to Dallas. Everyone said that it is a blowout for Dallas. They were highly favored. Uh, it's kind of a trap game, and they show Dallas played down only to come in the last minute and drive the length of the field score and win 27-23. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Houston. We've been a big fan of them keeping their quarterback, but, Josh, they are running a quarterback by committee, which I don't think has ever worked for anyone. Yeah, I think they tried uh, seeing what Kyle Allen was about. Mm-hmm. Um Last he week. was a highly regarded high school prospect, but everything considered it for the NFL has just yeah. not been a guy. But, um, yeah, they were clearly tanking. They clearly have the lead, and they're pretty much locked to be the number one now with the uh, separation there from one to two and three. Uh, they're only a one-win team, uh, one win team, and um, we get to see Davis Mills come in for passing. We get to see, um, what was it, David Blau? Or wasn't David Blau? Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll Risky. come in for the rushing plays. Um I don't know. It was just mistake, mistake-free Fair offensive enough. game for the uh, Texans for the most part, other than Damian Pierce's fumble, I believe. And uh, that's what they, that's why they stuck around. They didn't do anything special. They didn't do anything crazy. The Cowboys' offense was just slow for two or three quarters there. Caleb, you've been uh, a big fan of Davis Mills in that he's capable. We watched him stand pretty much flat-footed and throw a 74-yard pass right in the middle of the end zone uh, at the end of the game. So we know he has the arm strength. You've been a sort of a fan at least is this a situation where maybe lovey moves on and they decide to keep him around a little bit because i think they have a good quarterback in davis mills i agree i think that he will not be on this team in the future unfortunately getting the first overall pick with the quarterback class like we're seeing it's they're gonna have to get a quarterback at the first pick overall or trade it which i don't understand why they would "Quote unquote tank for that pick." I don't. I don't. I mean, are they tanking? I mean, they're I mean, just not winning. With football what they've games. done with the quarterback position, starting three guys over the last few games, with Jeff Driscoll getting put in there, I think right. it, it pretty much points to what they're doing with the quarterback. You can argue that they're trying to see what they got in Kyle Allen, right. the twenty-eight-year-old that's been on four different teams already and isn't good. They know what they have in him. I don't think yeah. that. I think they're they locked in that pick now. Davis Mills comes in and they have a very good game against one of the best teams in the NFL. So I think Davis Mills is great. I think he needs to go to a place that will coach him up and actually help him out, which I don't know where that would be right now because everyone kind of has their guy at this moment. So I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I don't think they're tanking. I just think uh, I think they had that game at bay. I think they they schemed well. Dallas' defense was flat, and um, Dallas was able to come back in the end. Well, when Dak had two two picks, I think there's a fumble, mm-hmm. no turnovers for Dallas until the last play of the game. So. For Houston until the last play of the game. Yeah, I'm saying Dallas yeah. didn't force any turnovers right. to the yeah. last play. Defense so. was flat. I so think when you turn it over twice, you lose two drives. You're already down two drives, and a fumble is three drives. You're not. You can't win a game with a team that's virtually going toe to toe. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Minnesota going to uh, the Lions again. We're high on the Lions. They win 34-23. 
virtually all day, Kirk Cousins did not have an answer for this Lions offense, defense. They were just balling out, pretty much in control the whole way. I I think Kirk Cousins had a really good passing day. I just think it didn't turn into points. Uh, Obviously, they lost over by more than a score in this game. And um, this is kind of what it feels like in every Vikings-Lions game. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't ever feel like it's in favor of the Vikings. In fact... The Lions were favored going into this game because of the situation and how their offense has put up points throughout the season. And I think people should be scared of the Lions' offense and how, how they've been playing. I mean, they go into every game not caring, and they know they're going to just, uh, just put it on you, obviously, with how they've been playing and having a top offense despite their defense. Uh, I think people should be scared of that team, and I think the, the Vikings just weren't able to convert those yards into points. Caleb, you said they'd have to win, or they would win 10 games. It was a bold prediction. I'm sure anyone listening thought you were a little crazy. They're sitting at 6-7. and seven. They could win out and go 10-7. and seven. Well, It's not likely, but, but they have a chance. I'd say realistically they'll have eight wins. Realistically now. They'll split the rest of the yeah, way. Yeah, I think they've had so many one-possession games this year that were losses, like we saw it last <laughs> or on Thanksgiving with, against the Bills. They're, I think they're the highest scoring team in the league still, maybe second behind the Eagles. They put up, they, a lot they of put up 30 points a week. They're always in every game. Jared Goff's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's, he's making it happen. He's not the reason why they're barely winning. He's not the reason. He's not losing them games. He's nope. just being, doing what he has to do. I think in this draft, they'll either get heavy defense or another receiver. I don't think they're going to go quarterback in this draft. Yeah, what do you think, Josh? I think they're set with their quarterback position. He's doing more than, than game manager. Yeah, and I think, I mean, look at how the team's playing right now. They're a top-five offense with Jared Goff. He's not really a reason why their offense is suffering. Or, I mean, if you're looking for more upside, there's other positions still that you could argue that you need more talent than Jared Goff because he's still putting up yards. He's putting up touchdowns. He's doing everything they ask of him. He's maybe not a top 10 quarterback like he was for a year or two on the Rams, but he's still a very consistent player, and they are a top five offense. So they could be looking to get another tight end. They have been a team to famously go first-round tight end when they've run out of their guy. They went with Eric Ebron, and then they went with TJ Hawkinson the year that he left. So uh, they could be getting a first-round tight end like Mike Mayer, but I don't think... They basically confirmed this week as well that they're going to be sticking with Jared Goff for at least next year. Yeah, I don't see that changing. I think a surprise for a lot of people was Jacksonville was able to go into the Titans' house and win 36-22. Again, not a surprise for us. Jacksonville is slowly putting it together. Yeah, if you've been listening for the last year, we, we've we always been the Trevor Lawrence guys. I hate saying we've always been so-and-so, but we have been. We've always believed in this guy. He was the number one pick overall for a reason. He's out of high school. He was crowned yeah. legendary already. Yep. Finally, we see the last three games now, Trevor Lawrence has been playing perfect football. He's been looking amazing. We saw him break out in that Ravens game. They beat him. in uh, It wasn't overtime yet. It was in the fourth quarter, and they went for two. They won. But divisional game, this is a big game. The Titans are leading their division. Jacksonville, he literally played a perfect game. Like He had no mistakes, over almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, managed the game perfectly. When their running back wasn't really doing anything this game, Travis Etienne had a very bad game, so... All on Trevor Lawrence's game in that defense, so they could they have a spot at winning this division now. Yeah, and he just continues to be consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the league the last few weeks. Uh, since week nine, they had a buy in there, and they also had the Lions game, which he missed half of with that knee scare. Uh, he has fourteen hundred yards since week nine. He has ten touchdowns, zero interceptions, seventy-two percent completion percentage that leads the league, and one hundred twelve passer rating that also leads the league. So he's quite literally been the best passer in the NFL for the last five weeks. Uh, five games, and uh, hopefully it continues going forward. Uh, he still has no receiver talent on this team right now. <laughs> He's got lucky um, receivers. You saw Evan Ingram this week. He had 170 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, that actually moves him into tight end fantasy four after this game just wow. because of that game alone. 
Yeah, touching on their their receivers and tight ends and stuff. Like you said, Evan Ingram, he's a free agent. They got off the wire from the Giants. Christian Kirk, they got off the wire from the Cardinals. Marvin Jones, 35-year-old free agent. <laughs> Zay yeah. Jones, free agent from the Raiders. Raiders. He's been their number one guy, arguably. He's not getting paid as much as Christian Kirk. He's their number one guy still. They have Travis Etienne, who's his first healthy season playing. So he's arguably a rookie running back. So they really have no weapons, and Trevor Lawrence is making them valuable, much like Matthew Stafford did on the Lions. He made Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, same guy, made them all-stars. So we compared him to Trevor, or Trevor Lawrence to Matt Stafford when he got drafted. It's, it's good and assuring to us to see him finally break out like this. A couple of games, again, I just want to give you scores. Not a lot of highlights. So the Eagles continue to roll uh, with their near-perfect uh, season. Boston Scott is inevitably going to score against the Giants every week. Um, every time. Yeah. Giant killer. I, I know it was like the last two minutes of the game, but they had to do it to him. It we happens every single him. time. Yeah. It's his best fantasy game of the year, the New York Giants. So, 48-22, no surprise there. Uh, the Ravens and Pittsburgh have a rivalry, but Steelers are too much, especially losing their rookie quarterback. Trubisky proved not to be much. 16-14, Ravens win. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers really were the better team this game, obviously with the third quarterback coming in for the Ravens during this game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Mitch Trubisky's turnovers, I think he had three, uh, maybe four uh, with a fumble, I'm not sure. But uh, certainly three interceptions is not going to help you win a game, and it was only a two-point game. Yeah. Yeah, Trubisky definitely lost the game for the Steelers, but also the Steelers can't really stop the run. J.K. Dobbins' his first game back from his knee injury had 180 yards and a touchdown, so you can't really stop. If you can't stop that, that's a problem. Despite everything we saw in the game, Pittsburgh was still in reach pretty much the whole game. I think what I'm learning about the Steelers this year isn't as much that you know we said they must see something in their rookie quarterback, but they also were right that Trubisky's clearly not ready to step up and lead this team, so... Kudos to Coach for seeing that. A surprise is that the Denver Broncos put up 28 points against the Chiefs, forced the Chiefs all day to play football. 34-28 Chiefs win in mile high. That's that's hard to do. Yeah, and I think the Chiefs, I mean, this looked like a pretty fair game for most of the point. We had Pat Mahomes magic a couple times that really pushed them ahead. And if they, it wasn't Pat Mahomes in this game, they probably would have lost it, to be honest. And uh, obviously, uh, Russell Wilson getting knocked out towards mm-hmm. the end of the game added to that. But... They finally saw Jerry Judy was the ex receiver in this game with Cortland Sutton out, and uh, Russell Wilson forced the ball to him, and he had three touchdowns. So, uh, pretty cool thing. One year anniversary of Demarius Thomas's mm. death. Rest in peace. Yep. Jerry Judy's the first receiver since Demarius Thomas to have three touchdowns in a game <laughs> for the Denver Broncos. So, wow. rip. Well, I'm going to, y'all are going to, everyone's going to shoot me. <laughs> I still think Patrick Mahomes is on his cold streak. I think mm-hmm. we saw him do three of these touchdowns were dump offs. Yep. It was not him doing anything crazy i know it was a crazy mm-hmm. no look kind of flick to mckinnon for the first one he's not doing everything he could be doing no. he's, he's making mistakes he had some picks in this game <clears throat> i know it's a divisional game i know it was away and i know it's denver they have a great defense so i still think mahomes has only up to go i think he's gonna get hot for the playoffs i think he's still in this little slump and they're still squeaking out all these wins which is going to be scary for the league when he's on again because when he's on, he's throwing 60-yard touchdowns to anybody. So I still think he's in his cold little slump right now, but they, they got the game. They got the divisional win too. So next week we see if they can clinch that um, number one seed for the AFC. Yeah, no, that that's that division right there. It's, I wouldn't say it's up for grabs, but it is at least interesting that the Broncos decided after many primetime excursions to show up in this one. Yeah, and at least shows you the upside for the future of the Broncos and how their offense could be. Uh, we know it was just basically Jerry Judy and 
uh, whatever his name is, Latavius Murray, in this game. And, um, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, I don't know what they're going to be doing at the wide receiver position because all their guys have been hurt on and off this season, right. including Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, who's missed most of the season. Uh, but down the line, you could see the upside in this game of their offense and kind of what everyone expected from them going into the year. Yeah, you know, the Carolina game surprised me because they've been kind of left for dead, and Sam Darnold's breathing a little bit of life into them. They're able to beat Seahawks 30-24. And watching Tua kind of fall apart a little and Herbert step up, I mean, those are two same draft, young quarterbacks that are amazing. But the Chargers didn't look like much, and then they came back and were able to win 23-17. What's the story? Not much with Seattle. Seattle is what they are, and I think Carolina just played up a little bit. Yeah, I think people are – we're finally seeing Geno Smith – slowly decline he was running out of juice he was at the top he was at the top of the league for a couple of weeks uh actually a large majority of this season but we know geno smith the last decade is not the guy that we've seen the first 10 weeks of this year and uh sadly we'd love to see geno smith play like that because he does it does seem to be a great guy for this team and a great leader but um he just you just see him fall off in this game he threw interceptions in this game he did not play up to his potential of the former weeks in this game so you're seeing the offense struggle they really need big plays to produce on this team and offer this team to score so once the big plays are gone their offense really slows down so i mean in fairness caleb carolina has been putting together a pretty solid defense i mean yeah that's all they've drafted the past few years they've hit on some people like jc horn who was hurt last year unfortunately with a foot issue now he come back. He, he had a pick that was called back, I believe, but he's been a really shut down corner for this team. They're five and eight right now, second in their division, right behind the the Bucks, who have kind of stalled out. So they're they're really sneaky. Their offense has been pretty productive, surprisingly. Sam Darnold, of all people, is getting it done without DJ Moore last game. He only had six yards, I believe. Two running backs. Deontay Foreman was a free agent, and Chuba Hubbard they drafted two or three years ago. So their their team's not amazing offensively on paper, but they're getting it done. Why is it that every year, and I know Herbert's young and he's he's had a new coach and he's changed some systems and, and all that kind of stuff, but why is it that Herbert is still struggling to get wins at 7-6 and six so far? Both the Dolphins and the Chargers needed that win um, you know, to make a play in their respective division. But like I said, Chargers tweak it out um, 23-17. Yeah, I mean, I just love to see Justin Herbert's consistency throughout the game because it basically feels like every single game they're catching up to go ahead and win the game towards the end if they are not already one score ahead. So it's always right. close every single game, and you just want to see that consistency every single quarter. But, um, yeah, I don't know about Brandon Staley. We'll see. Uh, but he's been relatively risky in a lot of these games, and uh, he's resulted in some losses as well towards the end of the game. We saw last year in the playoffs, or right before the playoffs, they needed a tie for both of them to go. And then uh, his decision-making at the end of that game obviously messed up a little bit of that planning for them. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Um but I just think Justin Herbert needs to play more consistently throughout the game. He's obviously a great quarterback. You see the upside and the playmaking that he has. But the consistency needs to be there. Otherwise, we're going to have the same Chargers-type feel like yeah. Philip Rivers put out there for us for several years. Let me ask you both this. The rumor mill, and I don't know how substantiated it is, but certainly maybe it's just a, a, a good thought, is that Sean Payton could be lobbying for the San Diego, I'm sorry, for the Los Angeles Charger job. Uh, you know, I'm an old timer. I keep saying the old names. Uh, but what do you think? Is there any actual legs to this, or is this just wishful thinking? Um, I mean, it's up to Sean Payton, really. He can come back whenever he wants. I believe he's only 56, 57. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not that old. He's not that young. Has his quarterback. In, in he's arguably LA. already a Hall of Famer, so it, he doesn't have to really do anything, in my opinion. Right. So, I mean, what teams are available for a head coaching job? 
other than the Raiders and the Chargers, maybe after this year. <laughs> We're still on the Raiders, huh? I think the Chargers stay with Brandon Staley personally because they're going to have a winning record this year. So I I, I don't know. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts yep. are still opened. Um, let's see. Let's see. Cardinals potentially open. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like a lot of coach movement, to Yeah, there's be not a ton as of now. Colts, Houston. Now, and I'm not saying there's a, there's an opening. I just think the, the the beauty of Sean Payton is that he has his quarterback, and he's a quarterback guy. Yeah, and I think it makes sense. It just depends how their season ends, because if their season ends uh, very good, they're not going to be firing Brandon Staley. But if it ends on Brandon Staley doing something that leads to a loss, then probably Brandon Staley will be gone if Sean right. Payton is available. And I think that the luxury there is he steps in with a quarterback that is proven, and he steps into an offense that was the same offense as the Saints with Joe Lombardi, who came from the Saints. So he steps into a similar system. He has a high-end quarterback, and obviously that would be a much easier job to take over right now than the Saints. I'm going to make a loose, silly argument for <laughs> okay. the Chargers. All right. I think that what they really need is an actual running back. I know Austin Eckler is a great player. I know he's a one of the best pass catchers in the league in the backfield. He's a good player. But mm. with the games where they have a running back controlling the clock, controlling the game, Josh Kelly just came back off IR four weeks ago. They've had a, lo- or a win. They lost by one possession to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. a win, lost by one possession to the Raiders, and then they just beat the Dolphins. So they, games that they have a run game going, it's one possession game or a win. And the two losses in these one possession games were both divisional games, so they can go down to the coach if you want to blame the coach. Right, right. But when they have a running back running and getting 10 to 12 carries Mm -hmm. as well as Eckler out there and they can kind of control the momentum of the game, they win. Yeah, and they already have a ton of time of possession. So another running back, they tried doing it with Spiller, but he's a very young player and um, they're trying to get him more involved into this offense. But they they certainly need someone that can control the clock on the game or on the ground. And um, this offense relies heavily on Justin Herbert's ability because he doesn't have a ton of talent in terms of yards after the catch other than Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. He has 30-year-old Keenan Allen who really, it's you have to hit him on a spot and then the catch is there. He doesn't have anything beyond that. Mike Williams is more of a down-the-field guy. You get the yards, you get the big plays, but you don't get anything after that. And then Josh Palmer is kind of a guy that could fit in into a similar situation in between those two guys. So they don't really have a guy like someone they can dump off to, even like a Kadarius Tony, who they were kind of mocked to get in that draft. I think they need to get someone like that to get this offense more off of Justin Herbert's back because he has to be pinpoint perfect in every game for them to have a productive offense. Yeah, and it seems like he's been playing that catch-up role uh, ever since he's been in the league. So one place that I didn't want to overlook um, is the Buccaneers visiting San Fran. Now, San Francisco, as you know, is with Brock Purdy, mystery relevant, is their starting quarterback. We're going to talk about him a little more in buy or sell. But I guess the real story here, Tom Brady, seven points. Uh, he's frustrated, clearly. He's taking it out on tablets again. And at 6-7, and seven, they're winning their division and not above 500. Yeah, I th- I'm disappointed because I obviously had the Bucks winning this game, and I thought this would be the point where they would turn it around because they did show that comeback win against the Saints uh, last week. And uh, I don't think their offense is really that bad in terms of players, anything like that. Tom Brady, the receiving talents, and everything on that offense. Um, they just, they just, I don't think they're going to bounce back now. I think they're, they're a bottom five offense right now. Uh, they put up single points or single digit points in several games this year. They just, they haven't been consistent. So maybe we'll see if they go to the playoffs. They take this division away from Desmond Ritter and Sam Darnold. Hopefully, uh, Tom Brady can do that going forward. But um, yeah, it just looks like a streaky team right now. They might be able to put up thirty against another team, but a team like 
the uh, 49ers here with the top defense right now, uh, it's probably likely not going to be done for them if they face them again in the playoffs. Yeah, the Bucks. I, I I really liked them coming into the year, and then we had an O lineman retire, two get hurt, or three get hurt. Werfs, Jensen, and Cap are all not playing. Um, hard to win games when your O line's out, especially when you have a immobile quarterback that's forty five years old. Their defense has been banged up. Leonard Fournette's been banged up. Chris Godwin's been banged up all year. He's been pretty consistent the past month or so, but it's hard to win when your team's in and out. Mm-hmm. They're not playing. They're, they haven't been healthy all year. I'm not going to blame that entirely. Tom Brady's been playing moderate for, for Tom Brady. Not great, not bad. So I don't think Tom Brady's the issue. I don't think he's fallen off yet. I think that overall their team has just been playing down. I don't know if it's a coaching change. It's really hard to tell, but they've been playing some hard teams. And the 49ers, they just smacked them. There's nothing really to say about it. They're the better team, better coach, better offense. 49ers keep coming despite a lot of energy, injuries on the offensive side of the ball. So we have more in buy or sell that I'm, I'm anxious to talk about. Final game Monday night. Uh, really the highlight here is Mac Jones is rumored to be in his, you know, sophomore slump or whatever. But nonetheless, they win 27-13. I think the real story, though, is that uh, Arizona continues to have injuries at the quarterback position. Callum Murray left on a non-contact injury. First drive, second play, I believe, third, third play. play. Yeah. And um, – yeah, I mean, you know, what Brutal. can you say about that? I've, I've always said, you know, teams don't win without their starting players on the field. And Unless no, you're the 49ers. Yeah, nobody yeah. more. You're in your third string quarterback. Nobody more important than, than uh, your quarterback. Yeah, and it's good to see, at least on the Patriots side, that despite not having Damian Harris and despite Ramondre Stevenson going down early in this game, Bill Belichick's rushing system still continues to be productive despite that. Two rookies, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, stepped in and were very productive. They both had touchdowns. They both had long plays. They both had a a good amount of yardage in this game. And uh, they just kept rolling for them on offense. And uh, Mac Jones, you talked about sophomore slumps. There isn't really a great quarterback. I know he's not a great quarterback. There isn't really a great quarterback that has a sophomore slump. The only recent one that was good and was drafted early was Baker Mayfield. And uh, that was because of the situation and everything like that. So uh, usually it's situationally, and uh, we'll probably see him bounce back in his third season if he does get the opportunity, if they do add weapons around him. So I don't think that is him, but I'd like to see more consistency from him when they get weapons next year, presumably. Presumably, yeah. I, I think I don't think Mac Jones is as bad as we've seen. I think that Matt Patricia and... Is as bad as we think. Yeah, I think that the two of them. Yeah. The two of their OCs that they have run at Colin Plays, clearly it's not working for Mac Jones. Three times during the game, he looked at the sideline and started dropping f bombs to him. This isn't tell him to hurry up. Tell him to call the play. Tell yeah, him to. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Whatever. Well, he's used to kind of running things in college. Let him run it. Let him run. It. They don't need these two special teams slash defensive assistants, two defensive coordinator guys, calling plays for the yeah, offense. No, it's a joke. It doesn't work that way. They just need to let Mac Jones be a quarterback. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. I thought we'd do something different. We typically go down and talk about. Uh, who's winning each division each week and keep you caught up. But this time, we're going to start our playoff picture, and we're going to talk about just the teams that are alive. As you know, currently in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills are currently in the one spot. Chiefs have the two spot. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at 9-4 or 3. Titans, now you, you say, well, Dave, the Titans are 7-6. and six. Well, that's because they're winning their respective um, um not conference, but division, division inside their conference. So, I mean, Buffalo, um, of course, is currently winning theirs, but Miami and the Patriots are, are also a part of this as well as the Bengals. Now, there's a lot of teams currently on the bubble. The only teams that are currently eliminated is Houston and Denver because it's, it's mathematically impossible. But that said, and this is the order going from, I've already given you the first seven that will make the playoffs. Here are the rest. Number eight, the Chargers. Number nine, the Jets. 
10, Jacksonville, 11, the Raiders, 12, the Browns, and, and believe it or not, the Steelers and Colts are still mathematically alive. So each week we're going to update it this way rather than giving you who's winning the division because we're going to be looking at the playoff picture from now on. Other side, NFC, National Football Conference. The Eagles, of course, are the one. Vikings, 49ers, Bucks. Again, Bucks at 6 and 7 are winning uh, their division inside that conference. So as sad as it is, they are the number four. Cowboys, five. Currently, Commanders, six. Giants, seven. Now, that is your playoff picture. If it ended today, that means we'd get Eagles off, Vikings would get the Giants, Niners would get the Commanders, and Dallas would go to Tampa Bay, which is a repeat of week one. Now, here's your on-the-bubble team. Number eight, Seahawks. Nine, Lions. They are the next team on the bubble, so they are almost in. Let's go. Yep. Uh, The Packers are next. Panthers, Falcons, Cardinals, Saints, and Rams. So far, the only team who is actually mathematically eliminated in the NFC is the Chicago Bears. Sorry, Derek Keltner, but your boys were the first ones, I think. <laughs> no, actually, I think that the, the uh, Houston Texans were clearly the first one out. So we're going to keep the playoff picture alive for you, and that's what we're going to talk about. All right, let's look at next week. Before we give you a list of games, we're going to look over and give you the games that we have already looked at, and we think there are going to be locks, upsets, and maybe some hot takes. Let's see. Let's start with our lock. Boys, I'll tell you right away, uh, after Minnesota lost last week, their favorite four and a half to beat Indianapolis at home. I'm locking them in. They're going to get the win. They need it for the playoff hunt. Indianapolis, uh, Kirk Cousins, I, I don't know why they lose the way they lose. They seem to lose close games. This one won't be close. Minnesota gets the win. Who wants to give me your lock? I'm going to lock in New Orleans over Atlanta. New Orleans is still a top 10 defense. They're still in the hunt for the playoffs, like we just said. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, same division. It's in New Orleans. They have a rookie quarterback starting now. They benched Marcus Mariota. Desmond Ritter is playing. I do not think – I'm going to make an analogy. Say, these, these rookie quarterbacks, people treat them like they're penny stocks. They buy them, and they think they're all going to go up. They're not. This guy's not going to go up, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think he's better than Marcus Mariota. You're going to make buy and sell really easy. Hey, I didn't look at it yet. <laughs> no, so. I know. I don't give him to But the guys. New Orleans defense is way too good. They're going to scheme against this guy. He's a rookie. They're just going to pressure him, make him run around. <clears throat> it's going to be a bad game for Atlanta. Josh, who are you locking in? For me, I'm going to be taking the Steelers over the Panthers. Um, Talent-wise, I think the Steelers have more talent across the board. I would prefer Kenny Pickett to Sam Darnold. Uh, They also have more time of possession. They're actually top 10 right now, while the Panthers are dead last. So they they really string together drives more than the Panthers, and I prefer Harris and Deontay and Pickens and all those guys over the talent on offense. And their defense has a much scarier pass rush, and I think a lot of pressure on Sam Darnold is going to make him not look like the guy from last week. So... Yeah, I've been looking over this list, and it's really hard for me to predict uh, some of these upsets. I don't see a ton that I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of. I mean, obviously, any division game. So I'm going to stick with that. The Giants are currently not favored to go to, to Washington to win. Washington's favored four and a half. I think the Giants upset them. The Giants get the win. That's my upset. Caleb? I'm going to counter your lock. I'm going to say the Colts upset the Vikings. The Colts. <laughs> I don't. The Vikings have, been, for some reason, been pretty bad the last few weeks. I know that they... They have Justin Jefferson. I know they still won a couple games, but oh, yeah. like the miracle in, against Buffalo, yeah, I just game don't of think his life last week. they're too inconsistent right now. The Colts, they have nothing to lose. They're playing for an interim coach. I think Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor finally gets the leash taken off. They're right. going to give him 25 to 30 carries. Hallelujah. He's going to have 200 yards. I just think they're not going to be able to stop this guy. I think the Colts will win. Mm-hmm. Josh? I'm going to be picking the Giants over the Commanders in an upset. Uh, 
I like the consistency that the Giants have brought, especially against a team like the Commanders and not like a team they played last week in the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think they have a, there's a low ceiling on offense for the Commanders, and I just like bounce-back players on the Giants, and I like their upside in the passing game that they've had with Slayton mm-hmm. and now Isaiah Hodgins. So I just think they're a better team. I think they're a better coach team, and I would take them over the Washington Commanders in this game. I love it. Okay, let's uh, before we go into buy and sell, any hot takes, anything at all stick out in your mind? Um, I think Jacksonville could beat Dallas this week. Wow. Why didn't you call it as an upset? Yeah. Uh, not really thinking, just maybe. No, maybe. I think Jacksonville, they've been putting up points. Okay. If if Trevor Lawrence shows up like he has the past three games, it's going to be a tough game because we saw what the <coughs> Texans just did with perfect drives. If Trevor Lawrence does that, and they also have a defense to match it, unlike mm-hmm. the Texans right now. So if Dak has a bad game, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if it's close. Okay. I think the measure of whether a team like Dallas is actually growing is to be able to play down, barely win a game, and then come back the next week and realize what they have to do. So I hope not. All right, then let's let's do the buy or sell. As you know, I'm going to make a statement, and I'm just going to ask these guys if they are buying or selling. These are statements that have collectively been pulled out of the headlines this week since the games have ended. First, qu- uh, first statement. I always say questions. It's a statement. I don't know. Here's our statement. Baker's 98-yard game-winning drive will help revive his career, buying or selling. I'm going to buy it. I think at minimum he'll be a career backup after this. That's the very bottom floor. So his floor is very high now as a backup quarterback because what he just did, a 98-yard game-winning drive, that's all people want a backup for. That's all they're needed for most of the time. Your quarterback gets a concussion, they come in and win the game for you. That's what you need. Baker has all the intangibles he knows. He didn't even know the playbook. He didn't know what he was doing. He was making hand yeah. signals, just telling people to go yeah. deep, and he was chucking it up to Where him. was he was just screaming, go, go long, go long. Yeah. And, and the DBs heard it. and He yeah. did everything that you could ask for him to do in 36 hours of preparation. <laughs> Which is nothing. Yeah. So he knows how to play the game. He's obviously a smart quarterback. He has the arm. I think his career, at minimum, his floor will be a high-end backup, like Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he had time, basically, to get fitted for cleats and helmet and uniform. You know, and get a copy of the playbook. Pat McAfee broke it down pretty good because he used to play. Mm-hmm. He said usually when a guy comes in in the first week that he comes in, he only gets about twenty-five to thirty balls out to the receivers. So Van Jefferson caught that game-winning touchdown. He probably only caught a ball from Baker twenty times in his life, right? Yeah. Which is nothing. Not a lot of prep time. Josh, are you buying or selling? Yeah, I'm going to buy. I think uh, the rest of the season uh, with John Wolford probably being out for the rest of the season as well will help revive his career as well. Uh, we know that he's not a high-end starter. We know that in his first year he showed a lot of upside and a lot of promise, but that's basically what Baker Mayfield is, what his first year was. And uh, that could be a consistent starter, but it's also not a high-end starter. But yeah. I think it can uh, show other teams that he needs to be a guy on their team and needs to be a starting quarterback for them if they are in a situation in which they do not have a high-end guy like the Colts or like the Buccaneers with transitioning out of Tom Brady soon. Uh, those could be teams, and those were teams that were interested in Baker Mayfield. And I think just the 98-yard drive proved to you that he wasn't actually done. He still has upside in this league. And may, while it might not be what he was drafted to be first overall, it will likely be in the league for a long time with his showcase on the Rams. Yeah, whether you like him or not, I know Colin Cowherd hates him. I know a lot of people hate him. Colin hates There's a, a cop video. Yeah, I know. That was seven years ago now. But you could feel it when you watch the games. He's dapping up the teammates. He goes on the field and tells yeah, the defense, good energy. job. You could feel it. Like, he's part of that team. After the game, he said he's glad to be home, and everyone was freaking out in the locker room. So he just has whatever that is, Yeah, and everyone gravitates to him. He's a leader, so you can't coach that. He just has that factor. 
Yeah, we'll say this offense helps him out a lot. The receiver is running open in the middle of the field. Uh, he is a very good interior, used to that very good interior passer. So the guys traditionally on the outside, DJ Moore, Odell Beckham, guys like that in his career have struggled playing with Baker Mayfield, or Baker, Mayf- Baker Mayfield has struggled passing to them because he does not pass well on the sidelines. And right. we saw basically everyone in the middle of the field this game that got open, got the ball from Baker Mayfield, and that's really what he's been good at in his life and his career. I was surprised by. Um, a lot of the plays when you watch, we watched the game again. He he was throwing to spots. That's that's confidence. Like you know that that's that's impressive. The the throw at the end of the game could not have been more perfectly thrown. The one to Skoranek where he put it over the DB's head. Oh, is perfect. Yeah, and the thing is, is this guy's playing backyard street football. Now we've all agreed when he got drafted, his ceiling's low. We agree with Colin Cowherd on that. He has a low ceiling. Let me qualify that. I think Sean McVay is the type of guy, and he said he wanted to draft him. He liked what he did. I think he's the type of guy to tailor an offense for him, where I think the Browns got a little too creative, and he had to spread the ball around a little too much. Because if you're listening to Hard Knocks, you're hearing how a franchise receiver is going to scream in your ear, I'm open, man, just throw the ball. You know That happens all the time. And there was a lot of people screaming in Baker's ear. I think if anyone can revive his career and use him long term, it's Sean McVay, and he's perfect for this offense. That said, I'm a huge Matty Stats fan, so I hope there's nothing wrong with Matt, and I hope that he comes back. But, man, you know, Baker on this team is kind of an exciting prospect for me. Yeah, and who knows? Matthew Stafford's had, what, two or three season-ending injuries through his career so far? I mean, he, had, he had one his first year, had one in the middle of his career, and he had one this year. So he's been in and out for the most part of his career with uh, missing time for big injuries, not small injuries. He got tore up in Detroit. He was coming in with it arm hanging off and just <laughs> throwing drives. Is, is, is he close? I mean, is his is contract up anytime soon? No. I he mean, has a massive contract. He has a contract till he's 37 or so, so that's like right, or a little bit younger than Matthew, or Matt Ryan, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. All right, let's move on to another statement. All right, Brock Purdy is doing enough to keep San Fran in the hunt for the Lombardi this year. Buying or selling? I'm going to buy. I don't think... That how do I word this? I think any quarterback in their their playoff team. I think Debo's injury is a bigger factor than who the quarterback is. Yeah. If Debo comes back in time for the playoffs, I know he has an MCL sprain, which is I know there's swelling, and I know it's majority pain tolerance, which is I I couldn't imagine playing with that. I stubbed my toe, and I don't want to do anything. <laughs> right. But if Debo comes back in time, I don't think it's going to matter because he gets the ball behind the line of scrimmage most of the time, and we saw him in this game before he was injured have a long touchdown. I think it was yeah. a 40-yard touchdown, just a, a pitch behind the, the line of scrimmage. So I think Brock Purdy is going to do enough. As long as he doesn't make mistakes and he just plays throw to McCaffrey like he's been doing this last game. Last two weeks, McCaffrey's been the best player in the NFL because of Brock Purdy checking it down to him. So I think if this continues and Debo comes back, then they're a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I think 100%. Um I'm going to buy this. Brock Purdy in college was a system guy. He ran an offense well with NFL players, mind you. Uh, Brees Hall, Charlie Kolar, Hutchinson is coming in uh, very soon. He's had a lot of NFL talent run through his team in college, and you're seeing him manage these yard-after-catch guys well on this offense as well in the NFL. So he gives them a great chance in the NFL, or sorry, to make the playoffs and for a chance at the Lombardi. And it also has a lot to do with how bad the NFC has been and how these top teams have lost two bad teams. We saw the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Lions just last week, and we saw the Cowboys were in a very close game with the Houston Texans. So uh, there's not a giant difference 
between Brock Purdy on the Niners mm-hmm. and Davis Mills on the Houston Texans. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think this this offense can do very well with Brock Purdy. Obviously, we saw last week. But uh, the NFC is just so bad, I think they have a really big chance. First of all, let me say, every time you say his name, I feel like we're saying block party. And I just can't yeah. get a block party <laughs> out of my mind. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've always said, like, my, my critique of the 49ers has been, if you listen to everyone talk about how great Shanahan is as a coach, um, you'd think they've won 100 Super Bowls already. Because I think my critique is, for as good as he is, he doesn't have the hardware to prove it. But that said, he doesn't have a quarterback, even when they went to the Super Bowl the first time. He's never had one. He, he hasn't had – well, he had Cousins when he was you know, in other systems. And you know, he's had some talent before. He's had Matty Ice when he was a coordinator. I'm just saying he doesn't he have a – Super Bowl. He doesn't have a quarterback here that is like lights out. So – to me, it doesn't matter if it's Brock Purdy or Joe Blow because really what did he lose in their starting quarterback? So, yeah, I, I, I'm buying. I think anyone who suits up at this point for the 49ers at QB is going to be as effective as the last clown that got hurt. Yeah, so. and I mean, a lot has to do with how historically good their defense is currently. They've had a lot of shutouts in the second right. half. They've had a lot of low-scoring games from the opposing offense. That's Obviously, the secret. You, I, don't th- I didn't expect Tom Brady to only put up seven against this team. I know it was his best game or right. worst game of the season and uh, probably the worst game of the last few seasons against this 49ers team. But that speaks a lot for what this defense is. And Brock Purdy just has to run the system, mistake-free football, and they it's can be a, a large contender for the Lombardi. Yeah, I think in the big picture, now I said I'm buying for sure, but let me let me throw this at you guys. My concern is that a one-dimensional team like this, where and they're not, they've been putting up points, but if they become one-dimensional and they rely on their defense, the two teams that are likely the favorites to come out are going to be you know, Philly and Dallas. And their offenses are not anemic. So if it becomes a defensive standoff, the other two offenses get the uh, advantage, in my opinion. All right, let's talk about the next one. Dallas going with T.Y. was actually a better choice than OBJ. Buying or selling? I mean, I'll buy it. I think that CeeDee Lamb is much like Odell Beckham on how they play. They play the interior very well. They catch a slant, can take it to the house. They can mm-hmm. catch anything that's in their radius. Very Similar players. I think T.Y. fits the system way better because we saw James Washington. I know he got hurt, I think, and in he's the preseason. Yeah, he just came back. back, didn't do anything. Right. Um, I, obviously, he's getting acclimated with playing yeah. football again. He hasn't played in months. But I think T.Y. is a better fit as an outside receiver for this team. That's what Dallas needs. Michael Gallup usually is that guy. He's been pretty decent this year, but not great like he was his first two years mm-hmm. in the league. I know he's been injured. But T.Y. fits this offense perfectly. He's cheaper. There's not the, the media weight of – OBJ being OBJ on the team. Yeah, I want to buy as well. And it's, I think it's because T.Y. Hilton's actually ready to play and OBJ might not be. We saw players coming off of torn ACLs for every position, uh, but <laughs> yeah. exclusively wide receiver. Chris Godwin this year, he came back uh, very soon, about nine to ten months, just like OBJ would be coming back right now. And he did not play well. He did not look like the same guy. Robert he actually, Woods. He actually had injuries to other parts of his leg as well. So we've seen guys. I mean, it's, it's worked out for a couple of guys. We saw with an Achilles injury, saw Emmanuel Sanders basically looked like he never got hurt. But that's a very rare circumstance. We saw with Adrian Peterson as well. It's usually not the type of guy that you expect to be coming back right off of the injury. And uh, I think it's going to be the same thing. He got hurt in the Super Bowl. And uh, what, we're, what they're saying right now is he's still not ready. And uh, you'd really just be hoping for him to be healthy if he did make the Super Bowl. So if we're talking about instant impact, we're talking about someone you can drop into the system immediately and just get him in with Noah Brown and guys like that, I think T.Y. will have a much bigger impact. And uh, we've seen it more recently than OBJ with in terms of not being injured. So, Yeah, you had something, Caleb. And having 
someone like T.I. who play or T.I. <laughs> T.Y. Sorry, I was thinking tie on my head because I'm looking at it. T.Y. is that he's 30, he's a veteran, he's played with people like Andrew Luck. Did he play with Peyton Manning for a year? I think he may have. And it might have been the first year with Andrew he's Luck. He's been as coached well, by so. Bruce Arians, he's been coached by other Frank offensive Reich. minds, yeah. Frank Reich. So he knows how to play. He's going to be great for the locker room. I think Dallas's receiving core is all under the age of 26. So they're fairly young. CeeDee Lamb's only 23, so they're 24 now. But they're really young. If they can keep him here for a while, and maybe then more rookies come, and he just, it's just good locker room ad. Yeah, and this doesn't mean OBJ won't sign there still. It's just if you need wide receiver talent that can actually play, T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton is a guy who's been rested up off of his injuries who can actually step in. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's any question right now that OBJ and what he did last year is better than what T.Y. would bring. But in terms of actually getting talent immediately on the field, T.Y. definitely brings a splash right now as, as opposed to OBJ down the line. I think a couple thoughts as a Cowboys fan. One, I don't think we need more receivers. not enough balls for everybody. We've had four good tight ends. We've got, you know, arguably – two quality wide receivers and maybe two more, you know, certainly startable uh, in, in Washington's return and um, budget CD lamb or Noah Brown hmm. um, and budget CD lamb. needs to change his number, cut his hair or something. Cause he's confusing us on tape. Um, I use the defenses too. Yeah, I know. I think the yeah, that's the point, right? To be budget CD lamb. I think the real challenge for me is with OBJ, there's already controversy, right? Like he is allegedly able to play, but yet, you know, there's controversy into when he can play, when he's actually cleared all this. Uh, we don't need more controversy. Dallas is focused this year for the first time in a long time. I was wrong in saying we didn't get any better. We got a lot better. And I think what's super important it's is. McCarthy. Yeah. What's super important is T.Y. comes in and brings a wealth of experience. And he's going to pull these kids aside and he's going to teach them mentor them he's a team player out the gate we know that because he's played part-time you know and was a big-time player doing it obj sends off that selfish vibe and it's you know he does things to play with his partner from school to do this you know like to be in new york like there's i'm not saying he's selfish i don't know these guys we hate talking about character i just get the vibe that you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck with ty as far as a team player versus obj also financially we're not paying T.Y. very much, and OBJ is going to cost money, um, and that's an investment that I don't know that we need to make. I'm buying. I think T.Y. was actually a sneaky thing to do, and I'm super happy that they did it. All right, next statement. Uh, Caleb, you mentioned it, and, and uh, Desmond uh, Ritter should have been starting in Atlanta all along over Marcus Mariota. Are you buying or selling? I'm selling. I think they're <laughs> – tied for second in their division right now this is not the time to start your rookie you could win this division arguably if you get two or three wins here okay you could clinch a wild card spot even mathematically you can do anything still i don't know why you're making a switch right now especially with marcus playing pretty decent he's not playing terrible he's not playing great Mm -hmm. their team's not good it's not marcus is the problem you know what every coach says he gives us the best chance to win marcus mariota gives him the best chance to win he has the most experience his rookie year he went to the playoffs with the titans Mm -hmm. He's a good quarterback. I just think it's silly while you're still mathematically involved to make a switch right now. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to sell. I think I would sell. If this was a high-end quarterback prospect, I would say yes. But we, I just don't think he's better than Marcus Mariota. And I don't think Marcus Mariota's an outstanding quarterback. But I think he has the experience. He has the mobility and everything that adds. I mean, Desmond Ritter has also mobility. But Marcus Mariota has been playing very well despite the pressure that's been on him. Uh, as well as the pressure from defenses with the lack of offensive line talent. So um, 
If it was a high-end prospect, I would say yes, he should have been starting. But Desmond Ritter, to me, is a guy that has all of that stuff. He is an intelligent quarterback. He is a very athletic quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's one of the top ten most athletic quarterbacks of all time, I think, according to his numbers. But uh, I, I don't think he plays that way. I don't think he plays with that talent. I don't think he plays to the speed of the NFL, um, in my opinion. So I just don't think he should have been the starter. I think we'll see. A lot of it has to do with Marcus Mariota's knee flare-up that he had. Uh, They're basically going to force him to IR with that to open up a roster spot as well. So there really is no question there that Desmond Ritter will be the starter. They're going to give him his chance, but he was a third-round pick. So if he doesn't show anything and they lose out in these games, they're still going to be considered in the top 10 picks, and they could still get a quarterback in this year's draft if they want to as well. So, But to answer your question, I don't think he's better than Marcus Mariota. I wouldn't have started him over Marcus Mariota, and I think the Falcons did the correct thing. Yeah, I'm selling all day for everything you all just said. I think my, you know, we said this in preseason. Mariota has a lot less wear on the tire than his age. He's a very mobile quarterback who has now a veteran backup turned starter. Uh, he wasn't bad in Tennessee. Just wasn't the right fit. He um he did well anytime Oakland called on him. Uh, I, I'm also not saying that he's the answer as a starting quarterback. I like him. I'm saying that if he's 1.0 version, Desmond Ritter is 1.02. Like the, he plays the same game, lacking any of the veteran uh, senses that we have with Mariota. So I don't know what Atlanta's doing. Uh, they're they're terrible. They're, they're hoping it's Justin Fields when it's not. It's not. No, I think they're gonna. They're clearly gonna. I, th- I think that's the question. Do you go back two seasons and look at your draft when you take a, a tight end fourth overall, and do you actually push <laughs> the button on Justin Fields, who was always a high end quarterback prospect, right there instead of him. being two years down the line losing seasons, and you're in the situation of is this quarterback we got even good? I'm saying they. I don't know why I said I'm, I'm saying. I just that's just no, a filler word. Say, yeah, I'm saying. But you're um, saying if Kyle Pitts was Travis Kelsey, which he's not. And Travis Kelsey was on this Falcons team, mm-hmm. which he's not. They're still not going <laughs> to win games. You take the quarterback. Yeah, there's I just a don't method. Understand. If you're rebuilding, mm-hmm. why are you going to get a weapon that could be so and so, who's more of a wide receiver anyway, over a quarterback that since he came out of middle school was mm-hmm. known to be a, a guy like this? There's a method to rebuilding. Yeah, and I get it. I get it's hindsight. They did have Matt Ryan. They probably didn't know they're going to be moving on from him. But it's a lot of it because of money. And I think you can't miss out on a player or skip out on a player because of your own mistake. But like, as a GM, you need to be able to tell what you're doing. If you know Matt Ryan is a year or two out the window, you got to have a long term. You can't push all your chips yeah. in when you have a first year head coach last year. Your whole team's falling apart around you. You lost all your defenders other than two players. You traded Julio. Yeah, and we said... You knew you were rebuilding two years ago. We said all along the Dolphins were doing it well. They were bringing in players, getting rid of players, dumping like Mika Fitzpatrick's contract and so on to make room for the opportunity and to to gather draft picks. They got their quarterback. They drafted some offensive lines. That's doing a good job at GM. They did do a good job bringing it. And even what's our biggest criticism in Cincinnati is that they didn't draft the O-line. And they had no one to protect their rookie Because they were 4-0 without Jamar Chase this year. Right. Right. Which proves they our point. They could have got offensive linemen. Yeah. Yeah. And look at the the Rams, essentially. The Rams and the Bucks are two teams whose offensive line is completely in the toilet. And these are both Super Bowl teams from a, a year ago. Both high-end quarterbacks. With with absolute Hall of Fame quarterbacks that and talent everywhere, and they can't get it done. O-line is the most important. 100%. 100%. So let's move on to our last buy or sell. Again, straight out of the headlines, I'm going to ask you guys, it's time for the Raiders to move on from Derek Carr. I'm a Raider for life. Um, Buying or selling? Uh, I think, oh gosh, 
It's hard because <laughs> they just put all the chips in on Devontae Adams for Derek Carr. I'm going to buy for me personally, but I yeah. don't think it happens. I think okay. they should move on from him because they've been this kind of average team. They just need to rip everything out and rebuild from nothing. Fire their coach. Get rid of everybody. Just start over. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but him making all this money and being the guy, they've never really had t- the brain power, I guess, as right. an organization to build around them correctly. Right. And they've always been this middle-of-the-pack team for the past seven years. Yeah, because in his watch, they draft Khalil Mack and move him. Amari Cooper. And move him. Put him on the outside and move him. Right. It's just yeah. it doesn't no, make any you. sense. Yeah, I don't think they should move on from him. I'm going to sell. Um I don't think he's the problem on this team. I just think they've done a terrible job through every management team. <laughs> every aspect. At, I mean, yes, you get Amari Cooper. You hit on him. You didn't draft Kevin White over him. Congratulations. You got the best receiver in that draft mm-hmm. class, but you used him incorrectly, and you shipped him off almost immediately because it wasn't working out. Right. You shipped off Khalil Mack because you didn't want to pay him. And all the other talent on the team has been bought or traded away, and it's never been accumulated through the draft. You're, you're not good at free agent pickups. You've, it's basically getting lucky. You got lucky that Hunter Renfro was good. You got lucky that you were able to take Darren Waller off of the practice squad of the Ravens and that he was good. You got lucky that Max Crosby, Max Crosby. was that good. Everything they've and done Josh is because Jacobs, of you're going to let walk after this year too. And Derek Carr in itself, he was a second rounder. He wasn't even a guy that they really <laughs> cared about getting. And it just works out for him. What are they doing at running back position? Is this guy playing out of his mind and is sustainable and he's trying to earn a contract? We talked about it before, but we might have changed our mind. I, when, when a player like that plays out of its mind and he's not considered to be a top player, mm-hmm. I think you shouldn't pay him. I think you saw the Titans a couple of years ago. Derrick Henry led the league in rushing. Right. We know Derrick Henry's a better player than Josh Jacobs, and even they didn't want to pay Derrick Henry that much money. So they <laughs> right. slowly pushed down the contract, pushed down the hype and everything like that, and they got to an agreeable number. If they pay this Josh Jacobs that type of money based off of this one season, A, you're going to be disappointed because he's not going to produce like this again. Mm-hmm. And B, your team sucks. You need to pay <laughs> and get other players. You need to get – you have one offensive lineman that's good, and it's Colton Miller, and he's already not that good. He's, yeah. he's, very, he's very good, but he's not any of the guys they've had. They've had Trent Brown, who was a pro bowler, and he's gone. They have all these dudes walk out the door. They can't be paying a running back, and I don't think they should blame Derek Carr. I know – they're probably not going to be a winning team with Derek Carr anyways in terms of Super Bowl run or anything like that. They're always going to be a middle-tier team, but they just have to be more successful than blaming the quarterback position and moving them out. I think they move on from Josh Jacobs. I know it's aside from the buy-or-sell question, but I think it's because there's so many running backs than free agency this year. I believe Saquon Barkley is a free agent. I believe that Josh Jacobs, obviously, Damian Harris. Um, one second. James Conner, I'm looking at the teams. James Conner will be a free agent. There's a lot of room is what you're saying. There's a lot of room. Um, David Montgomery is a free agent. How long is Saquon locked in? Gus Edwards is a free agent. Um, uh, His contract's up this year, his rookie contract. This is his fourth year. So they got to pay him or lose him. They pay him or lose him, which could be interesting. There's a couple more guys, Rashad Penny, um, Dalvin Cook. Um, That's all off the top of my head right now. But there's 10 to 12 guys that could fill in and be as good. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is having a – anomaly stretch right now he's having a historic stretch as a as a running back in the league really so it's just not consistent i don't think they're going to pay up for him considering there's so many people out there like david montgomery who could carry a load have 20 carries a game and get a thousand yards there's just too many guys for them to as a team that we said is poor at building around Derek carr if they keep Derek carr i can't imagine them keeping josh jacobs either 
what kills me about the Raiders is you watch a franchise like Arizona that we watched on Hard Knocks several years ago, and there's a buzz about them getting better, and they got better. They won the Super Bowl. It was was exciting. You know, like the owner and GM, I think they work hard. You watch them on the sideline and Hard Knocks end season, um, and when they're losing or someone's getting hurt, like they're – you can't talk to these guys. Like they're broken. Like they're invested is what I'm saying. You watch Chucky Jr. on the sideline, the Raiders owner now, and he's just laughing it up, and this team's in a dumpster, you know, and the culture is 100% different, you know. Uh, Al Davis is a legendary guy. Love him or hate him, he's done a lot of a lot of good things for the win, league. Baby. Just win, baby. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, he also went insane and did ridiculous things and sold the farm for players and benched Hall of Fame players like Mark. I mean, insane. So there's there's insanity to this Raiders team. Love him or hate him, and I, I just I can't get it. Like I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, John Gruden couldn't fix it. Uh, nothing can fix it. I don't know what's going on here. I just in terms of the draft, they have to draft players that they know are good. You can't, yeah. You can't get Devin White and Josh Allen and other guys in the draft that are better than Cleveland Furl and be like, well, we want Cleveland Furl because we like the guy. It's like you got to do the, the right thing. Rugs over Lamb, yeah, you, you, Lamb, Jefferson, well, Higgins, you go Judy. Back, we talk about Dallas only because we know them really well, and of course, you know, since you guys have been into football these last five or six, seven years, you, you've seen what's happening. The truth is. If Jerry drafted still for Dallas, we would have drafted, you know. Uh, Steven has not. I talked about this with Josh the other day. Steven, other than Taco Charlton, who was a bust prospect, right, has not whiffed on a draft pick Mm-mm. at all. No. Like every pick has been either a practice squad player or a starter. And it started when he said, Dad, we're not drafting Johnny Manziel. And thank Probably. God. <laughs> no, it did. It did. And my point well, is. Think about that, how many players Steven has drafted that are starting right now. Oh, yeah, and and how much value he's gotten. And here's the only time we deviated from the plan, and it was CeeDee Lamb, and you literally hear Jerry on screen saying, I can't believe we're getting this guy. We have to I remember take that draft. It was the virtual draft, the 2020 draft. He's sitting on his yacht, glass all around him, and you could see the Oklahoma mm-hmm. highlights on the reflection. So I knew they were getting Lamb before they yeah. got him. Me and Josh were laughing about it because you could see clearly, because me and Josh have already seen all those highlights. And as much as y'all believe work your plan – you were both screaming, you have to get him. You He's have the best to player get available here, yeah. And, and that, that's the only time they've deviated that I know of. And I think the only time they've gone off script was, um, what was it? Oh, it was this draft. Mm-hmm. When they needed a tackle, they didn't get Tyler Linderbaum, who was widely considered probably the best guy in this draft. Right, right. Interior offensive lineman. That's didn't, not the direction they wanted to go, so they went tackle Tyler Smith. Um, who's other, been fantastic he's for been us. very good playing every, out of position every down starter yeah and he's gonna be one of those solid franchise guys he will. they didn't know is they didn't miss even though they had an alternate and that's kind of how it goes like we joke but like mike tomlin can find a receiver and a linebacker 30 deep yeah. you know and yeah and that pittsburgh defense has not changed in terms of their style and who they draft they know who to draft it, it's an art you know I mean, they draft a late round or a later round not a top mm-hmm. prospect like I'm <clears throat> having a brain fart. Who's playing right now, Josh? Deontay Johnson. Right. No, no, no. Linebacker. Linebacker. Um, he's like up there in sacks this year. Oh, Alex Highsmith. Yeah, yeah. Highsmith. A nobody on Who's, most people's boards. Right. Is now a pro bowler. We saw Bud Dupree, pro bowler. They sold him high. Mm-hmm. Before that, you saw Ryan Shazier before he got injured. He turned these guys into, I know Shazier is a higher prospect, mm-hmm. but he's turning these guys into like all pro players every time. Well, even the the biggest clown of a, of a coach that ever happened in Jacksonville <laughs> still understood you had to bring in the right talent. 
Urban Meyer. And he brought in some talent. Can, I mean, can you imagine if he stepped in, was that bad and drafted Zach Wilson? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, he wasn't that bad in judging talent, and the Raiders are an absolute train wreck. I mean, I agree that, that everyone would have brought in you know, this will-be Hall of Fame I mean, wide receiver. What teams are historically great all around? It's Other a, than Pittsburgh. See, here's the kicker. The Chiefs right now. It's Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're finding they're 30 corners first in, in the special round. teams, let's be fair. But I mean, when you're first in offense and, you know. Well, who are the worst drafting teams? Well, the t- Other the t- than the Raiders. The teams that the Raiders playing this week in the Patriots, you saw five rookies make highlight plays against the Cardinals. I mean, other than wide receiver, Bill Belichick can draft anything. See, the problem you have, like, with the Cardinals isn't a drafting. I love their GM. I love their owner. Like, they're quality people. Uh, it's a great organization. I, you know, they didn't always. These guys turned them around. But it's team chemistry. It's that other C word that they can't figure out. And, you know, we were watching. I'm having a hard time buying the coach uh, and his relationship with his players. You know, I said that I've played for yellers and screamers and disciplinarians, and but the coaches I responded to were the calm ones, you know, the Mike Tomlins, the, the McCarthy, Tom Landry's, you know, just to kind of, hey, laid back guys. Um, I don't I don't respond to some of those guys. And I'm not, you know, it's for me, Cardinals culture is shot. And it's not the GM. It's it's the it's the coach it's like a weird quarterback fit. relationship. Yeah, I joke about Kyler Murray needs to go play baseball. It's it's I mean, mostly he probably a joke. Should make more money. He probably should. But my <laughs> argument is like when he's yelling at contract. his coach and telling him to stop, you know. And there's there's just you never see that on a Belichick coach team, you know. I mean, you're starting to see it with Mac now, but he's over there and the camera's trying to catch it. He's not saying that to Bill's face. No, he's talking That's to the coordinators. Yeah, who's a clown? You know, <laughs> an absolute clown. Yeah, but to answer Kale's question, I think the Saints are another great team that drafts very well. You never yeah. really see them blow a draft pick. I know it didn't pay up for them this year. They traded up for a tackle, swapping a first-round pick with the Eagles. Didn't pay out for them this year. They're giving a top-ten pick to the Eagles more than likely for a good tackle. I mean, he hasn't played this year, but The Jets prospect. have drafted really well. Yeah, and I yes. think on the other side, I—, I I hate the Commanders draft. The fir- <laughs> it's ridiculous. First, the first round, you never know what they're going to get. They get Jamin Davis over JOK. They get guys that never were yeah. going to be first round picks. I, I like Jahan Dotson. I like Jahan Dotson, yeah. but they probably could have gotten him later. And I think they always get the Alabama D tackle in the second or third round, and they always get the Alabama whatever guy in the fourth round. This year it was <laughs> Brian Robinson. But it's the same thing every single year. The Jets, the Lions, the Eagles, and Dolphins have done a great job at building their franchises. They really have. And it's no surprise, Seattle built the Legion of Boom when Dan Quinn was there. And look what Dallas has done in just two seasons Well, with Dan Seattle's Quinn. still drafting great. It's great when your owner says, I think we need to go after Micah Parsons. And your GM says, hey, my guy's Micah Parsons. And Dan Quinn goes, I want Micah Parsons. When you have that type of unity, it really, really helps the franchise. So as we're looking at week 15 and we're looking at teams in front of us, and guys, just a couple simple questions about this week. What are you most interested in? And I know, look, there's division games like Miami and, and Buffalo. And Caleb, you mentioned there's a potential upset in Jacksonville with the with the Cowboys. I like that. Um I wouldn't sleep on even Colts and Minnesota because as bad as the Colts are, they can play up sometimes. Yeah, and I was going to say that if the Vikings continue to not win and the Lions go against a Jets team who still has a backup quarterback and haven't put up a ton of points in recent games, uh, while their defense played very well, if the Lions, a top-five offense, play well and beat the Jets and the Vikings yet again lose, who have been playing very bad on defense, putting up a ton of yards, opposing... um, should they, San Fran be a tough game? Could be a sticky game? situation for that division. San should, Francisco in in you know the twelfth man stadium there in Seattle. Should it be a tough game? 
Or should it be a sleeper? I mean, is this something we should be up for? Or Gino's going to fall apart in this defense? Well, this defense oh, should the, devour the defense, him. Yeah, the defense should be crazy. But, but what if they don't? Is it a close game? I don't think it's going to be close. I think they're going to keep Brock Purdy checking down to Kittle and McCaffrey. That's all he has to do. I, I, it's, I don't think it's going to be close. So game that you're most excited to watch. For me, it's Dallas and Jacksonville because I love Sunshine and what he's doing down there. I don't think they'll win, and but and I hope they not. I mean, I have a confidence that they won't. Um, but I'm excited to watch it. I think it'll be decent football. I think he'll throw some good balls, and our defense will rough him up, but I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I mean, I think Bills, Dolphins, we'll see if either one of these teams will bounce back in this game. they kind of been off recently. Both Somebody has to win. And well. I mean, even in the game they played before, uh, both teams in Miami, it was not a incredibly great game on either side. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they bounce back there. But I think Eagles-Bears should be very exciting. Two very explosive rushing quarterbacks. Um, we'll see. The Bears just have never been able to close out a game this year. They have been putting up 30 points on teams and never, ever winning. They always throw a pick in the last drive. So we'll see if it's any different. But um, two high upside rushing quarterbacks should be exciting to watch. I think Lions-Jets should be out of this world. Yeah, for sure. You see that three years ago, people will be laughing at you. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, guys, I really do think the Lions and Jets are on, you know, the cusp of potentially something, you know, that's that's way better than they've been. I'm, honestly, even Giants Washington should be something. It could be another tie. It would be hilarious. No teams have ever tied <laughs> in a division, you know, or uh, conference. Why do I keep getting conference and division? I've watched football my whole life, and I'm like, Bleh. um, in a division in two ties in one year. That's ridiculous. But with these teams, it could almost happen. I um, mean. I'm excited to see the Chargers against Tennessee. I think the Chargers obviously have one of the better passers in the league, and their receivers are all healthy finally. Titans have the bottom tier secondary in the league, so Justin Herbert should, should hopefully for me, playoff quarterback here and for fantasy, uh, should light up the Titans. Justin Herbert should have, I'm going to predict, four touchdowns. Where are we at in fantasy? Like Most people are in their... It's week one of playoffs. Okay. I don't even know. I haven't checked my Let's team. Let's go... Yet. I haven't even checked. Damian Pierce is ruled out for y'all. Oh, yeah? Yep. So pick up Rex Burkhead. You watched him last year get 20 a game the last three weeks of the year. Ugh. Yeah. It can happen again. Oh, y'all. Week 15. I can't, Part of me is like, man, we're just starting to figure out this playoff picture, you know? Like, I'm super excited. And the other part of me is like, holy cow, we're in week 15. There's not a lot left after week 15. Um and obviously, playoffs will be exciting, that yeah. notwithstanding. We but. do get the Saturday football now with the um, with the bye weeks now eliminated. So Thank we will get Lord. additional days for football, and then it continues through the playoffs as well. Um, I believe we're now a second weekend of February for the Super Bowl now because of the additional regular season game. So no more beginning of February Super Bowl. Mm. Unbelievable. As Caleb picks up <laughs> Rex Burkhead right now. <laughs> I pick them up. I'm playing them against Ryan just to be funny. Oh, We're in the gosh. playoffs. Yeah. It's uh guys, I I'm looking at the playoff picture as it looks right now, like it absolutely pains me. And listen, I'm the first one, you've heard me say this your whole lives. I love the NFL system that all you have to do is win your division and you earn a spot. I still believe in that. I still don't believe it's, you know, always the other way around. And that's why I like the fantasy leagues where we do that too, you know, because we try to match them up really well every year when we have teams to, that we don't want anyone to run away with it. But it does pain me to look in the middle of these AFC, NFC pictures and see seven and six Titans and six and seven bucks guaranteed a spot in the playoffs because they're winning their division. I think a game that we brushed over a little bit was the Ravens versus the Browns. Mm-hmm. Ravens have nine wins and the Browns, they have five, I think. 
five or six. Yeah. I think, yeah, they're tied with the Steelers. So this week, if the Ravens beat the Browns, which I think they will, I think J.K. Dobbins will have 100 yards again because the Browns are bottom five against the run, and they just put J.O.K. on IR. So that's very bad for them. Mm. So my take, real quick, Mm -hmm. is the Steelers beat Carolina. They're a game over the Browns that lose to the Ravens. The Browns will be eliminated. Steelers are still in it. So I think this game is very important for the Browns' season. If they lose this game, they're out. Oh, yeah. So that's a good game to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and if the Jets do lose and the Patriots do lose, I know they're playing the Raiders and the who? Who are the Jets playing? Alliance. Those are two games that those teams could lose. And as you said, the Steelers, if they do win this week against the Panthers, they're only one game behind for that wild card race. So that's why they're still considered in the wild card race as well. And uh, also the Jaguars and the Titans are only two games apart. If the Jags do somehow beat the Dallas Cowboys, the Titans' schedule is not easy, and they'll probably lose these next few games with how their team has looked. As Caleb said, bottom-tier secondary. They have no receiving weapons. Their run game, it's really good for a first half. Derrick Henry is really good for the first half. Yeah, Everyone knows this. Second half has never been really good for him this season uh, because they know that. And Ryan Tannehill has not been able to sustain high passing numbers. So they're not a great team, and uh, there's room for the Jags to also step in and take that division. With the flex schedule, what the heck are we watching Rams Green Bay for? Like, is Rodgers Rodgers is healthy or not? He's healthy? playing. He's oh my gosh, why? Why not? I don't know. I mean, I know they're third, but let's let's be realistic. I mean, some of these teams, like mathematically, Los Angeles and New Orleans may be around Cardinals, Falcons. They ain't making it, yo. Let's be honest. No. I mean, just like honestly, from the Raiders down, Raiders, Browns, Steelers, Colts. They ain't making it. What did so, Hollywood trade? What was that trade for the, with the Ravens? Was it a first last year during the draft? It was a first. Um, was it Kyle Hamilton for? Yes, it was. Mm. Okay, I'm just making sure that the Cardinals pick was last draft, not this draft. The trade of the year for me is A.J. Brown. He's been lights out and given the Eagles the weapon that they needed. And, you know, the, they lost. Titans lost their guy because they could draft a guy just like yeah. him in Burks. And that ultimately worked out in their favor mm-hmm. a lot more so because of the situation uh, the Titans can't afford to pay A.J. Brown. I think he wanted eight more mil, five more, whatever, per year than they were offering him. Um, they were in a situation where they couldn't do that, and they also were in a situation where they weren't going to be able to get Traylon Burks, the guy that they really wanted, unless they traded him immediately. So they had to trade him, and obviously they traded for a first and some other pick that doesn't matter. Um, so it didn't work out for them, obviously, uh, largely because of the contract, but mm-hmm. the Eagles are the big rewarder of that one. Yeah, any way you look at it, there are a ton of games to check out this week that, that, like you said, there's division games, there's non-division games, a couple sleepers maybe. There's always something to look for, so make sure you tune in. I've said this many weeks, but this is not the week. There are no more bye weeks, so fantasy owners, if you're in the playoffs, congratulations. I'm not in the playoffs in all my leagues, but more than half. Um, you can start anybody you want. Everybody's a go. There's no more bye weeks, praise the Lord. So. <laughs> Yeah, no more wanting to guess. Just make sure you get your rosters in because right now there's Thursday games. There's there's a Thursday game, three Saturday games, still a Sunday night and a Monday. Now, does the Thursday night go away after this week in lieu of Saturdays? Uh, uh, maybe. It does go by soon, though. Yeah, which is fine. Believe me, I'm sure people playing short weeks, they don't like it. So, yeah. Anyway, lots of to, to tune in to week 15, so do that. Um, if you are noticing, you are able to listen to this podcast a day earlier. That's because we are now pushing this thing to Wednesday. We realize with the tough schedule, with us letting Monday night go and then getting it up before Thursday, it's tough to get up Thursday morning. We're going to give you your fix a day early. So for the rest of the foreseeable year, as long as we're able to do it, 
um, you're going to you're going to be listening to this on Wednesday morning when you wake up. So make sure you do that. We'll be back to recap week uh, 15 and preview week 16. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell a friend and help us spread the word. We've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own Guys Without Helmet gear. We also post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.